awesome. Welcome back to the Key in the Lake podcast, the premier whiskey podcast, now with the mention of whiskey in its title. Hi, this is Jake, your host, speaking to you live from a little, little field trip at the Berkshire Room in Chicago, Illinois. We are not in the international recording studios, known as my basement today. But uh, Callum, you put this together. Key's here with me as well. Uh, we're in, yeah, so we're in the Bodega Bar, um, which is a brand new space at the Berkshire Room, um, which I always thought when I first moved here was Berkshire. But there you go. Um, <laughs> that but UK accent. That's it. Mm. But today we have really special guest on. We have Mr. Nigel Van, who is one of the bartenders here. Nigel, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm yeah. excited to be here. You have to be great because today is the day that Chicago opens up. Oh me. yeah, great. After, <laughs> after after 15 months of still oh, amazing <laughs> of being it's absent of all of our bars and restaurants at full capacity. As long yeah. as we do it right and we don't go back like we did back yeah. in July, I'm I, down. I pray for that. My, I don't think I don't think we're ever going back. My doctor friends scare me and they say well what's going to happen in a year when we need uh, a reboost of the vaccine i'm like well we're going to all follow suit we're going to be responsible get those vaccines and keep everything open <laughs> there's going to have to be some kind of booster but i'm at, at this moment in time not willing to think about that no think we're not going to go back even if we had to go back we're not going to go back i think everyone's just too impatient now it's been yeah. i think uh, 15 16 months capitol hill uprising might turn into all of america <laughs> <laughs> I really thought when this happened, I thought it was going to be literally like two weeks, a month max. So yeah. I took it as a vacation. And then after like the second month, I was like, um, okay, what are we going to do? No, definitely. I think every bartender, restaurant owner, bar manager, whoever they were in the industry was talking to those few days before everything shut down. It's like, yeah, you know, it's two weeks. We'll just, we'll just use yeah. this vacation. Maybe smoke a little too much weed, drink a little, <laughs> drink a little too much whiskey. Spend a little bit too much money. Yeah. Just wash your hands a little bit more. And that's all. Yeah. That's yeah. It, yeah. And then... No. And here we are. Then Rudy Gobert touched the microphones. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We're here for, what, a year and a half later? So, I will say I do miss karaoke a lot, so this is bringing back memories, and I'm happy. We are holding the mics today, so yes, Yes. absolutely. (laughs) You definitely have a karaoke voice as well, man. You've got that deep, dulcet tone. We're going to have to have your horn. What's your karaoke song? Um... Let's see. I like doing like 90s pop. I have to read the room, and then sometimes I will go against the grain completely just to throw people off, just to... You know, have a conversation. Nation Dorma or something. You know, where I, I'm not allowed to sign up anymore because the songs I sing. Are <laughs> so. What's an against the grain song? Uh, you know, I like doing Paul Abdul straight up. That's amazing. Boom. Do you do the choreography along with it? I do. I even throw in like uh, which goes like the ba 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 ba. Yeah. You know, yeah. I I throw in the in sync thing. I was oh, I was like, I was yeah. Yeah. That, up a little you, bit. The first thing you said '90s pop. I'm like, I bet he does in sync and dances with it. Yep. yep. Oh, amazing. I'll get down. I, I popped an E out one time. Once. <laughs> I was too I, old. Instead of breaking the foot, could it be more? Oh yes. Definitely. Yes. I've only uh, karaoke once in my life. Really? Yep. On New Year's Eve, 2007, 2008ish. The song I chose uh, ended up skipping the entire line of about 40 people. So, oh, yeah. Wow. It's, it's magnificent performance up here. As, awesome. I guess. <laughs> Did back that ass up by I, Juvenile. Oh, there oh. you go. <laughs> I, I sing New York, New York. Frank Snatcher. Uh, I, yeah, I, uh, uh, I have video of that. I should post to the Instagram, uh, actually. No, don't think so. Danny gave it to me, and he's like, hey, I didn't know Callum could sing. <laughs> And then I also do, I like I like some of the classics like Sam Cooke, but then I also have a few curveballs that I'll throw as well, like uh, Senorita, Justin Timberlake, so it's yes. a classic. Mm. Cry Me a River. Cry Me a River. Mm. Do the falsetto part. I think that's try my best. There we go. There we go. with you. Yeah, I try my best, but what can I say? That's awesome. I'm glad we're in happy moods today because it's not always been that way over the last year or so. So it's good to see smiling faces and, you know, have a few laughs while talking about 
whatever you want to talk about today. And it, it's a beautiful space, man, the Bodega Bar and Berkshire, right? Like, yeah. uh, can you talk to everybody a little bit about, you know, where can they find it? What's the sort of space like? Because I noticed that you've got like the neon lights above the bar and everything. And it's yeah. So um, I'm I'm new to the team. I actually joined the Berkshire team uh, back in July 2020. I think my years now. Um, but prior to that, I mean, this is part of the 50/50 group. We have about 15 different concepts in the uh, the city. So 15 I, or 50? 15. Okay. One okay. five. Uh, so I was actually coming from Abigee around the corner. So that was the rooftop bar. Um, 26 floors up had an outdoor patio djs and whatnot um it's no longer a thing um so i got transferred over to the berkshire room so the berkshire room is known to be like an intimate space it's it's dark the music is great uh it's definitely a whiskey library i think we have over 250 bottles of just whiskeys and scotches international and such it's great uh but that being said we have a little bit for everything now even though we have a great inventory Cocktails are uh, what we're known for, especially when it comes to uh, the dealer's choices. So we literally have a menu where you can look at it. You say, I want this spirit. I want this flavor profile. You can even pick the glassware. And then one of the bartenders here will just improvise and make a cocktail just for you. So I was reading about the Berkshire Room um, the other day, just, just before the event. And then this morning as well, before we came over. Just as like a bit of a research, if you like. Oh, wow. Um, trying my best to do my homework. But the dealer's choice is probably in every two out of three reviews on google that's what everybody's talking about like the bartender's incredible the dealer's choice is amazing um is that the is that the thing that ever people come in for and that's what Dude, they're looking for nine times out of ten yeah you yeah, know yeah. um i used to talk about it during my pitch when i'm like hey welcome we have this we have this and we also have the dealer's choice i don't need to do that anymore it automatically sells itself really? right so people uh, know it. i am not on tiktok but I, a lot of people are coming i guess we're popular on tiktok i don't i can't you know confirm or deny that but uh people come in and say i saw this on tiktok we I want you that. to make a cocktail i can't confirm or deny that they're popular on tiktok yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah uh, i don't i don't mention the dealer's choices anymore it's it's already 90 percent nice. cocktails that i make so nice. it's 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 a fun thing and like it's a challenge for me but it's a fun challenge i've been in this industry for uh coming up on 15 years i've worked in different bars you know i worked in like i uh, started off at margaritaville's cheeseburger in paradise yeah. uh yes. california pizza kitchen so i started off in corporate but i have my crafts here and there whiskey bars wine bars beer gardens and so when it's like me behind the bar at the berkshire and it's a busy night and someone's like hey make me something you know um, based off of these three factors, it's it's like, all right, what can I gather from my entire resume to make this person happy? And it's so fun. That was going to be something that I said because obviously you've worked in 15 years in bars um, and we'll get into that as we go through. But the first time like you're working at the Berkshire Room and someone asked you dealer's choice, like the very first one, mm -hmm. do you remember what you made? Or like, do you, is there one that stands out that you were like, shit, I don't know what I've got to do here? I So... I knew the, the reputation this place had and so I really wanted to like fit in if not stand out for the good reasons and uh i put so much thought into it you know i may have maybe did like eight touches in this I was gonna cocktail. Say an eight touch cocktail yeah and uh i was you know and then i was like well people keep ordering these so there's, there's no way i can do this but uh you're like in the back batch two times. <laughs> yeah and so then i just ended up uh, i say i'm getting comfortable and not the word lazy but that we all have our formulas and right. we're like okay these are like the 10 variations that I'm gonna play with today. And so that's what I ended up doing to like kind of expedite that stuff. But like at first I was like, I don't know how this is working and this is <sighs> happening a lot. And I wanna do good. Cause I was like, everyone knows that I came over from this like nightclub scene with this night lounge scene. And I'm over here at this craft bar and I haven't actually made cocktails in like a couple of years. Right. Cause I came from a batching program prior to that. 
And I was like, okay, let's see if I can still do this. And it, so far, I'm still here. They're keeping me. So, uh, <laughs> they haven't fired me yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'm around. What was the basis of that first cocktail? Was it a whiskey, mezcal, tequila? Uh, I really believe it was like a mezcal or a, a tequila because it's tequila spicy, uh, rocks not too sweet. I, I yeah. hear that most of the tequila DC. spicy rocks not too sweet yes. that's the that, yes okay cool yes what do you focus on now the dealer's choice oh i love playing with rum um the reason why is because i still have a clientele that believes that rum is just automatically too sweet um right. because of the stuff that they may have had you know years <laughs> ago and i'm here to show them that it's very versatile and like you can you know do an aged uh, rum and switch it out for a known whiskey cocktail and yep it's just as great. So I like to build a rapport with my guests. Um, if they trust me, if mm-hmm. they if they say they, they can't have something just because they don't like it, not because of an allergy, I'm like, if you trust me, I'll make it a way that yeah. I'm like, it's not that you don't like it. It's just you don't like the way you've had it I yet. I can show you the world. Exactly. That's what I'm here. I'm here to educate, build a rapport, make Dude, friends. That's brilliant though, right? Like, because that, do you have anybody that comes in sort of week to week or are there any locals that come in? Because, because of that rapport that you've built? I do. Um, so we have Brush Hospital around the corner, and so we get a lot of doctors that come in, and you know, there's several locations, so I've had a they few people. They definitely need a drink after yeah. the last yes. year and a half. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I had a gentleman who came in every Wednesday, because uh, this was his spot, um, and then he always wanted to do a mezcal smoky, not too sweet, and it was like a strong and stirred style, usually on the rock, or uh, up. So it was a fun challenge, because it's like, if you get a one person who says one cocktail, they're like, all right, I can just make this cool variation that I've made before, and it's right. good. But if you get that same person gives you the same, like, constructs or compounds, it's, it's, it becomes more challenging. You're mm-hmm. like, all right, what can I do now? He loves tomorrow. I'm not going to use this tomorrow again. And I, I had one time, um, I think they were drinking responsibly, so I don't think I overserved <laughs> them. But they had, it was a couple, and they had six dealer choices each. And they didn't want me to repeat any of the flavors. And that was <laughs> like the crowd. hardest thing to do. Um, and I was like, I think I might just cut them off next time, even if they're not, you know, they, yeah, they yeah, seem yeah. fine. Like, but I'm just going to cut them off because I don't have any more ideals right now. Right. Uh, but they actually just pour them a pint of beer or something. Yeah, you know, like, guys, I'm going to give you what I drink everywhere. And that's just a beer and a shot. <laughs> right. right. Um, it was a, a hard, hard challenge, but they left happy. They left good reviews. So that, at the end of the day, that, that worked out for me. Nice. That's awesome. And how did you, before all of this, what were you doing? I know you came from Ohio, right? Yeah. Over each. Yeah. Oh, oh. Are you a Ohio State fan? Uh, I'm a fan of the, I, I was a fan of the team. I was not a fan of the fans. And that still probably stands true today. Ooh, good point. Ohio State Obnoxious. fans are like fanatics. Like I, I watch sports uh, as entertainment. Yeah. It's not my life. Yeah. So if my favorite team loses, I'm like, oh, shucks. You know, maybe next time. That's not Ohio State fan. I've definitely oh. matured up to that level now in my life. <laughs> I was once below right. that level. I was even like eight years ago when the Blackhawks were really good and they started to fall off a little bit. I'm like, that's probably a good thing because I don't have to pay much attention to that. Like, get one sport out of my life and you know, focus more on my girlfriend and yeah. everything else going on in life. But I could be a little bit of a fanatic back in the day. Yeah, I mean, I just remember couches in the middle of like oh, uh, front porches yeah. and like on fire, like in yards and streets, and oh, it's like. Wow. You know, if we won, they break one thing. If we lose, they break two things. And it's right. just its just so crazy. Uh, I will say I'm the perfect uh, bartender for a sports bar, though, because oh, yeah. I'm, like, looking at the guests while everybody's looking at the TV. Uh, I worked at a place called Ilma Miranova back in Ohio. It was uh, the fine dining restaurant. And um, Where was this? This is back in uh, Columbus, Ohio. This is more of the downtown area. Uh, it was a Cameron Mitchell restaurant. And um, 
a lot of uh, local celebrities come in, and by that I mean like our <laughs> athletes would come in, like the, right. our, yeah. our top doctors would come in, like the the ballet dancers and everything. Huh. Um, and uh, like I said, I will watch sports. Uh, I, I didn't follow at the time, so I can't tell anybody anybody's stats. Mm-hmm. And so they knew that. So like I would go back and forth between serving one day, bartending one day, and then. Um, <laughs> They would give me the tables for the athletes because I wouldn't know who they were. Yep. You know. So you won't bother them. Yeah, I wouldn't bother them. I wouldn't fanboy or anything. And it was just funny because there were a few occasions where like they would come to me after I've served them. They were like, "Hey, thanks for treating me like a normal person." <laughs> you, know, you, know. you were like, "Who are you?" Isn't that a little bit arrogant on their part? To be <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, well, you know. Usually, usually um, I'm just always asking for my autograph, I'm like, oh, a picture, and putting that was me on so and so from the Blue Jays. I don't know. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Man. Have a nice night. I was like, "Yeah, anytime, anytime, man. I got you." I got you. <laughs> That's funny. Those tips must have been nice, though. Yeah, I, I, I miss those days, but I'm here to grow. Yeah, those tips go a lot further than Ohio than they do here. <laughs> yes. You're telling me, especially, yeah, I mean, well, I presume Columbus is quite expensive, though. Mm. Uh, I've never been, mm, but it was it's, a, it's like Des Moines. A financial uh, shock when I moved to Chicago, and I was yeah. like, wait, oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How oh, much yeah. is this ring? <laughs> Try looking for places in New York, what? and you'll be really <laughs> shocked. Yeah, oh. yeah it's $27, dollars, what? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was funny because uh, my friends from home, they came to visit me in San Francisco and they, you know, <laughs> they were, uh, they asked me beforehand, they were going to be here for two weeks and they asked like, what's a budget? And I was like, oh, you know, probably like 13, 1400 pounds, which is like 1800 bucks across the two weeks. Right. But then every bar we went into, they would look at the prices and they'd be like, Oh, ten dollars for a beer! Like that's really not that bad. Hmm? But then the like they'd be like, "Cause what? Seven pounds, right? So it's, oh, it's okay. like London yeah, prices, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. You know." True. And then you'd be like, "Oh, seven pounds for a beer? That's really, really not that bad." But then the bill would come after they'd had seven of them, mm-hmm. and then the taxes added, mm-hmm. and obviously you have to add the tip. Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, so a ten dollar beer isn't really a ten dollar beer. It's like twelve dollars, like minimum. You know what I mean?" And right. so they they would. They were all. They had that massive sort of shock of being like the tax and tip. And now, whenever I talk about anything in America, they're always like, "Oh, but does that include tax and tip?" Even if I'm talking about the weather, like even if I'm whatever, they're like, "But does that include tax and tip?" I'm like, "Jesus Christ!" But I can only imagine like going from Columbus to Chicago because I got it the opposite way around. I was in I was in San Francisco, and then I moved to Chicago, and it was the opposite for me. Like I was like, "Oh my God, everything here's." cheapest chips right but it is an affordable big city compared to most but it definitely is well yeah when you're coming from smaller cities in the midwest there's a little bit of a culture shock there yeah but not too bad what brought you to chicago um so i started bartending when i was 21 what started me in bartending is uh i wanted to be an actor and a writer oh Uh, wow the the plot thickens right i had a little theater (laughs) background and I was like, I want a skill that I can take anywhere in case I get discovered. And they're like, yeah. hey, we need you to move over here for like a year or two. And <laughs> nice. I'm like, okay, so what am I going to do in the off season? Like, oh, I'm going to bartend, you know. <laughs> uh, so I did that. It was fun. Um, but then I think about like uh, about five years in, I was like, I really enjoy this. And it's something that you can take anywhere. And so I really started putting more of my all into it. Yeah. And I just fell in love with this. And it just kind of became the passion to replace that. Um, I did a lot in Columbus. Um, I feel like I did as much as I could have as far as like the, I don't want to say exposure, but the experience. So I worked in different style bars. Again, I started in corporate. Uh, I got a cool training background with that, uh, kind of stepped up with management and leadership with that. 
Uh, and then I started learning more about beer. Um, I started learning about wine. I went to fine dining. I started focusing on whiskey. And I feel like um, every job that I had, I had a, a certain goal. Into, I want to yeah. learn this. I want to learn, you know, speed bartending. I want to learn more about talking to my guests, um, you know, about like whiskey or whatnot. Um, so I think I, I hit the pinnacle and I, I was working with my mentor. Um, her name is Crystal Lobby. She's helped me since day one. Um, you know, she's kind of guided me, and I think I ended with actually working side by side with her at Wicked, this restaurant. Yeah. Um, so it was all, and she's a, a fantastic bartender. I respect her a lot, love her a lot. Uh, but there was one point where I felt like I wanted to grow, and I needed to get out of her shadow. Yeah. Um, so I, I love being creative, love love being social, and so like I fell in love with the actual like uh, doing cocktail competitions. You know, just making up something. I didn't have to worry about poor costs. Uh, so. With the experience, I got better and better, and I ended up doing one competition, and I made the finals, and it brought me to Chicago for the first time. Um, and then it was one of those uh, competitions where, like, you're making your cocktail in batches, and you're meeting new people and whatever. So I'm like, hey, I'm Nigel. I'm from Ohio. This is my cocktail, blah, 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 being friendly, smiling, and whatnot, having a good time. Um, I did not win the competition, but I actually met someone who uh, offered me a job. But you won people's hearts. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Hearts and souls of all. Yes. yes. Um, hearts and minds. They offered me a job, and uh, it was a job at a certain pot, uh, spot that I could not say no of. It was a place that I heard of, but I felt like I would never apply there because <laughs> I didn't hit that caliber. And uh, so I was like, yes. I, I will do it. I was like, uh, give me two months. I'm going to just go home and like sell all my stuff and get ready. And I, I will be here. And so it brought me to Chicago. And it was funny because like um, we're uh, Ohio's a controlled state. So yeah. we just don't have access to everything that a lot of uh, outside of the 11 states that are controlled state have. And um, so I remember I went to a mascaria for the first time. Mm. Uh, it was like at Johnny's back then in Logan Square. Yeah. And I was gonna ask I, you if it was Johnny's. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm thinking that uh, Ohio we had like maybe five agave spirits, you know. Uh, and I go to this bar, and the entire back bar is just loaded. Yes, and I, I it blew my mind. I didn't know these things existed. And at this time, I was bartending for uh, over ten years, and I'm not gonna say I knew everything out there, but I was like, wait, how have I never heard of Rysia or like Sotol and uh, um, all of this stuff? And mm -hmm. I was like, I need to like get cultured and go outside of my box <laughs> and so i think it was just meant to be for me to like move to chicago and see the next step and i, I felt like i i mean i don't want to say no ego but like mm -hmm. i felt like i did a really good job in columbus and i wanted to see if i was really you good were, at my job or mm, if i was yeah. just really good at my job in are columbus you, are you big fish small pond yeah, yeah. Or are you just big fish yeah, yeah it, that it, totally I, makes sense man. i like uh my analogy is like being an actor i'm like am i a good actor can i make it in broadway or in hollywood or am i just a good actor and not in a small town no offense columbus <laughs> um, but yeah i just wanted to grow and just see you know where my limits are so Definitely. and there's a bit of performance in bartending too and bringing that to the Always. table um i think my high school teacher was like all the world's a stage i mean i know that's a shakespeare line but yeah. like that's how i look at it i mean like uh, no matter what i'm feeling uh what mood i'm in like i gotta go to the bar uh Put and, the work face and on. smile like no one's gonna know i'm having a bad day mm -hmm. uh, and that's it's been a, a challenge sometimes it's been tested but like no i'm here like hey 
welcome. You're in my you're in my spot. You're gonna have a good time. I treat my guests like they're in my home. And you feel proud and get a sense of gratification to your or for yourself yeah. when you make a great cocktail and the person across the bar receives it properly and enjoys it and has a great time with you. Then for the hour or two that they're sitting across from you. Yes, very true. Well, one thing I was gonna say that we, I think. Both Jake and I and Wilson, who isn't here today, but we, we see that in our jobs as well, that aspect mm. of performance. And, you know, even there are days that I'm having a shit day, <laughs> like I'm having a really, really bad day. And, you know, sometimes you step in, up in front of people or you do in a virtual tasting or whatever it is. And, you know, you put the face on and it goes well, whatever. But there's also some days that you put the face on, but people are just so responsive. Yeah. And do you see that? Sometimes with your guests, like your guests perk you up, like you're having a shit day. You come into the bar and you're like, oh, I can't be fucked with this today. Yeah. You put the face on and all of a sudden you have a guest in front of you that's like, oh man, like I love this. I've just started learning about this. And you kind of get involved in that and it, it helps you forget, right? Yeah. I mean, like sometimes even my job can get jaded sometimes. And I, I, I'll have a guest who's like, I'm coming here because I heard you guys have great cocktails. I'm learning about bartending. Yeah. And like I see like the excitement of like so a new face. And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember I used to feel that way. I remember, so yeah, let's. I'm gonna I give you that, that energy. Person. Yeah, and uh, the, you know, it peps me up. And I, I will say, like, the start of my day, like my first guest, um, can like make it or break it in my head, you know, mentally. Yeah. If I get a guest who's just like down in the dumps, bad attitude, it is very hard to be compatible yep. with that and like keep it up. Or even if it was just a bad experience, you know, that they give you and it's like you got to hit reset. And it's so hard. Uh, I know like when you're at the bar, you have your, your guests side by side and it can be like this one's having a great time. This one's like giving you a hard time. This mm. one's just like whatever, whatever. <laughs> and the one that gives you the hard time is always like the one that stands out <laughs> and like the good one could leave and another person could set. But like my mind, it's hard to get reset until that person leaves. Like once yeah. that person gave me a hard time, you, it's gone. Then there's I like this like, bad oh. energy at that part yeah. of the bar and you're like, God, I got to go over. I got to yeah. like be nice to this person. Yeah, That never happens. That was just a hypothetical right. situation. <laughs> but I'm guessing that probably happened at a higher rate over the last year with people where you can't be so interactive with individuals. Yeah. Um. So, at Berkshire, though, uh, we have the dividers that are between the guests, but not between right. um, the guests and the bartender because they're at the bar, you yep. know, obviously. Um, but I will say that when we, I first joined in July, when I realized this was not like just a cold, a flu, this is something serious, obviously. Uh, I had, we're a hotel bar, so we get people from all over the country, if not different parts of the world. Yep. And, you know, Texas and Florida was always on the news for, like, what's COVID? We don't know. We're just, you know, people big beach up. party. All of a sudden, 60% of the people get, you know, yeah. get the infection or virus. Um, but anyway, this guy sat in front of me. He was, like, one of my first guests on the first day. He's like, I don't believe in this. He's like, these masks are stupid. Like, I'm wearing my mask. I have to wear my mask. Even if I didn't have to, I would still be wearing it. Right. And he's like, take that off. It doesn't make any sense. He's like, the virus <laughs> is so many macarons. This can only block so many macarons. And... He's like, I've done this, I've been here, I've done this party, and I've never gotten sick. And I was like, remind me to get uh, tested for COVID tomorrow. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes sense. You know, so I think everybody was just getting a hard time. And especially when uh, we like reopened, I think people were just being antsy. And yeah. we were still, even though we were open, we weren't like, hey, it's not back to normal. There's still rules and regulations, and it was hard. Sorry. Are you well, I was just going to ask if there was an anxiety about coming back to full capacity now. Uh, for me, no, I, I think that I'm just taking more personal responsibility. Like, even though I can not wear my, I, I 
the choice not to wear a mask, I'm yeah. still going to be wearing my mask. Yeah. Yeah. I am fully vaxxed, but I'm still going to get tested every once in a while because, again, my interaction is high. Seen a lot of people. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not 100%. And I'm just looking out for myself and other people that I'm around as well. So Yeah, definitely. And it can be an overwhelming for just the, the bar itself. I mean, having so many more people coming in through the doors, like you said, we're in a hotel. So there's going to be people coming into the hotel, coming into the bar at a higher frequency as well. Which, for me, seems, if I was running a bar, I'd be a little stressed out. But like, how? Are we going to be able to handle this again? Having, like, a stress test here, like, the first weekend about how many people are going to be out in the street. If, any, if yesterday was any small showing of what's going to happen for the rest of the weekend, I feel like it's going to be pretty busy, which is great for everybody yeah, to, yeah. Be, to be back to make money and experience everything we, we were experiencing pre-COVID. But at the same time, I think I would be a little overwhelmed individually. Yeah, I, I'm getting there, but... To be honest, we have a great team here, um, and we're able. We have a door person, so we're able to hold the door. We're able to turn people away. Okay. Even if we have an open seat here and there, like our staff is small, and you know they don't want to overwhelm anybody, whether it be the the staff or our guests. So Especially like, when you're doing eight touch cocktails for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just now it's gonna be vodka sodas with a splash yeah. of strawberry, <laughs> garnished with a a cool little lemon twist. There you go. Believe it. I love it. Yeah. One one thing that I've really seen is that this sort of anxiety, if you like, goes two ways. Mm-hmm. Um, some people some people have been a little bit nervous about coming back, but then there's also this other side that companies, I've really seen this with a lot of corporate companies where rather than you know being like, oh, we're gonna take our time going back to events, they've realized that over the last year and a half, mm. they need these social interactions. They need their, their staff, their employees to be interacting with each other. They need some kind of morale booster on a Thursday or a Friday. And some of them have just gone two-footed, as we would say in football, two-footed challenge, if you like, yeah. into big time, like an event once a week, you know, yeah. and it looks like they're going the opposite way. Before the pandemic, they would maybe once a month, they would do like a big happy hour event. Mm. And now they're like, nah, we want everybody to get together every Thursday, whether it's like, you know, sun rain or shine whatever yeah. like and I, I love that about it right you know that because there was definitely a, a fear of mine when the pandemic was in f- full swing quarantine was you know we were all completely locked down i was starting to worry about the longevity of bars and restaurants and all that sort of thing because i was thinking man at the end of this are people just going to be really anxious for the rest of our lives like about about getting together in big groups but thankfully i don't think so actually <laughs> no but thankfully thankfully yeah. with the the vaccine and with everybody like coming together obviously the case numbers are plummeting like this is the lowest since it was since the pandemic started then it seems like people are like right like we need to a year and a half in my house by myself sucked i don't mm-hmm. ever want to go back to that yeah. so i'm going out tonight you know right no people are doing that for sure it's I mean, even two three weeks ago when the weather shifted into warm temperatures consistent warm temperatures that first friday night we came back from the airport and you're driving through lakeview <laughs> just mobs of people everywhere you're like yes. all right well i guess uh maybe bars have extended their capacity a little bit higher than they're supposed to at this point but oh, yeah. it was good to see people just out and about and being i mean relatively safe i guess i don't know if every individual i can't speak for every individual <laughs> yeah it's cool it's it's shocking now i mean like after a year of not seeing people in the streets when i'm leaving work to see like hordes of people i'm like why are people are out at midnight what are they doing right right um traffic I, I i yeah i think uh over the last year i think mental health was very important and i think it's uh you got to do what you got to do to make yourself happy in a safe way and uh, I think people are ready to be out and ready to reconnect with uh, friends and family in person. And 
And and on that on that note, you know about mental health and what were you doing when you you know when you weren't working at Apache? Like, what were you doing before you got into the Berkshire room, or what were you doing when you weren't working to keep yourself sort of ticking over? Because I know that you did a lot of these sort of virtual trainings and things like that. Yeah, um, I think uh, when it first started, I took it as a rest. I was working my butt off as uh, you know prior to the pandemic, and then um, the first like two weeks three weeks i was like oh this is a vacation i can relax and i'll just wait for the go recharge yeah Mm. and then like after like the first month and then like six weeks or so i was like okay i'm bored like i can't sit around and like not do anything so i was like what's going on um and then you know a financial concern i had is like i wasn't really getting unemployment it wasn't consistent it wasn't something i could rely on so then i had to come up with something and um i started uh just kind of like teaching people how to bartend at home. I, I recognize the problem that people love to drink, uh, love great <laughs> cocktails. But when it comes to being at home, like they didn't have the experience, the skills, or the confidence to do that themselves. Right. So they're stuck drinking beers and wines and just neat pours, and there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, so I, I, you know, got my Zoom account, and I, you know, was teaching people how to make things with what they could easily get, easily find. And, you know, open up your cover. What do you got? Oh, you got uh, some... You got a lemon, you got some uh, strawberry jam, some vodka. All right, let's make something with that. You know? <laughs> right. Throw in some time. What's in your cupboard? Oh, cayenne? Just do a little dash of that. And <laughs> it was easy peasy, and uh, I, you know, I think people really enjoyed it. Uh, so I made it a legit thing. So I started something called Vanity Cocktail. So my last name is Van. I spell it with two N's, so mm-hmm. I'm a punny guy. Yeah. So it was Vanity with two N's, but it was VanityCocktails.com. That's and super cool. And it was just cool. like me teaching consumers how to make uh, cocktails and how to make great drinks. And That's awesome. You know, it was a good time. Uh, I'm a little worried about, uh, well, not I won't say worried, but like now that they're able to go out. Yeah. I'm like, are you going to need me anymore? You know? <laughs> are you still doing yeah, it? I, I am, actually. So I thought it was going to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it's it's still in demand and it's a fun thing. Like, I love teaching. Um, I used to like um, be like a TA and like, you know, a camp counselor for many years and I have the patience with kids and I love teaching them. Again, it's something that I know I've, I'm very used to, but when I see it through someone else's eyes and it's brand new and they're super excited about it, it like that's a great feeling. So like I see that with adults, and I'm like, they're like, oh, that's how you free pour, or like that's how you shake, or that's what's going on. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think about that. I'm like, yeah, just throw the ice in there, put the tins on, and blah 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 blah. And they're like, oh, what's going on in the tin when you do that? I was like, that's a very good question. Right, and, you right. know, like, oh, you're melting the ice, you're chilling the cocktail, that's you cool. know, aerating it. Um, so I love that feeling. Um, so it's still going on today. I'm knocking on wood, but I'm also like working with uh, you know other brands and doing like consulting and something like I like to do. Right. I like to. I, used, I was working like 16 hours a day, like four or five days a week in a row, and I got exhausted. So I was like trying to figure out a way to like still be in the industry, but kind of make my own rules, make my own hours. Mm. And uh, that was part of my three-year plan, my five-year plan. And during the pandemic, like 2020, it made me sit down, mm-hmm. focus on my goals. And I was like, all right, why is this something I need to achieve in three years? Like, what can I do from this list and do it now? Yeah. And so starting Vanity Cocktails, you know, it was going to happen, but it happened sooner. Is it Vanity Cocktails, V-A-N-N-I-T-Y? Okay, perfect. Yes, yes, yes. So a pun off of my last name. Mm. So right now uh, I pronounce my name Van, but when I actually make it, it's Vaughn. It's, you know, a long A. So Nigel Vaughn. Nigel (laughs) Vaughn when I'm in France. Do you think you want to stay um, in the spirits industry long term then? I do. I, I'm definitely going to be in it for life unless uh, I get an audition and I make it somewhere. Then peace. I'm out. Uh, Are you still acting? Are you still- I, I do stuff here and there. So actually, uh, funny story. The last week uh, I was in Ohio, I actually did a commercial oh, for Ohio wicked. tourism. And it's like, 
come to Ohio. It's a great place to raise a family. And it's like me with a me with my acne kid who's actually doing very well. I'm I'm like I almost want to hit him. I'm like, hey, remember your dad? Remember your dad? <laughs> uh, yeah. So my fake family. About your yeah. Dad, uh, and I'm like, come to Ohio. And in my mind, I'm like, and replace me because I'm actually going to Illinois. You know? but, uh, beautiful. Yeah, I, I still kind of like do stuff here and there. I'm still getting my royalty check, and I love that. That was great. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a bartender for life, and so it's just a way for me to – I realized when I broke my foot and I, I couldn't actually physically do my job, mm. I, I realized that, I, you know, mortality is real. So I was yeah. like, what can I do to take care of myself to be in here for the long run? And so I was working on my mind, and that's when I started doing all these, like, educational programs, and I wanted to focus on, like, getting certified from here and there, like Cicerone and Sommelier. And uh, – but I want to move on to teaching like with what I've been doing, I, I, I want to do something with the information I've learned. And that's for me, I want to share it. I want to like help with the new generation of bartenders yep. and um, yeah, I'm doing the best. So honestly, as long as I can be creative, meet people, travel, mm-hmm. I'm happy with that, whatever job that I, what I'm doing, but I love the industry. It was such a positive outcome too to see people to really refocus their lives and stop relying on somebody else to pay them and make their life off of another corporation or whoever else they work for and readjust and think about what do you want for yourself and what do you really enjoy in life? And let's go ahead and pursue that. And that's something I think both of us did and threw ourselves into this podcast more as much as we could because as brand reps, we couldn't go out in public and talk to anybody. And you're sitting there thinking like, yeah, I love the company I work for. It's a great opportunity, but there's other things in life I want to strive at and do my, do my own. And I just love hearing stories like that. I love hearing of people that weren't complacent during the pandemic. They actually took advantage of the time and opportunity to build something new. Yeah. And I love seeing my fellow bartenders, like kind of go back to what their original passions were. I mean, like rarely were we in high school saying, when I grow up, I want to be a bartender. Like, yeah. We had other dreams and goals. And I think, I think everyone like, Hmm, what are the parents doing at home with these children? <laughs> yeah, They're right? feeding them beers. <laughs> I remember when I was like a younger kid, I was like, I want to be a Chippendale because I just thought it was cool wearing like your bow tie without a shirt. And this was like seventh grade or oh, not dear. seventh grade, like second grade. <laughs> and we're like, oh, what do you know about Chippendales outside of like Alvin and the Chipmunks or whatever? Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was cool to see like um, my bartender friends who were like, you know, either they were pursuing acting or writing or, you know, uh, some type of creative thing. Like I know a lot of people who like kind of unfortunately left the industry, but they got into like yoga. Now they're like certified oh. in teaching yoga, you know. Uh, and uh, like health and wellness has definitely been like uh, the buzzwords over the last couple of months. And um, it's really cool because this, this could be a dark industry. Like, yeah, uh, luckily, I, I was I never thought I had a dependency on alcohol. And my challenge was I have so much booze. I have more booze than any of these bars at my house. And, uh, you know, I, w- I touched it when I wanted to touch it. And I was able to say, no, I don't need to have a drink tonight. And I know that I'm one of the lucky ones that can do that. And so I had a big fear of my friends who I knew were not Alone in that position. And and lots like, of booze. Yeah. And then when you have the not the unknowingness going on and the anxiety, like I know that's a trigger to make you want to yep. do that more. And like I said, it's not for me, but I was worried about the people who were at home by themselves, yeah. surrounded by their, you know, their surplus alcohol. And their demons, if you right. like. Yes, yeah. exactly. And those vices to aid those demons. So yeah. it was really cool to see people focus on, you know, their well-being and do what they need to do, right. make the great, happy choices. Do you think the virtual experience is something that's necessary to continue? Um, we have this discussion all the time about I was gonna say how, that, yeah. how whiskey brands, we, we've done all these virtual tastings, hundreds of virtual tastings over the last, like, 8 to 12 months when we really started rolling them out and building the concepts and then rolling them out. Um, and it's now a tool I think it's super necessary to keep use of, 
but not, not to rely on. I I love you, mixing it different. back and forth. Uh, to be honest, with me um, taking the money out of it where I was teaching classes, like I love that I was able to interact with people from all over the the world. Right, yeah. Uh, I taught a class, a uh, bartending class in Jordan. <laughs> Their happy hour was my 7 a.m. I wasn't right, too right, excited right. to like wake up and do that, <laughs> but it was really cool to interact with someone from across the world. Right. And um, even I'm like a USBG, like United States bartender, um, like guild member and um i'm the secretary in this chapter but i was able to like hop into like the usbg classes and memberships at uh like in columbus you know i could be with them so even though like uh i wasn't able to be with my close vicinity people in person i was able to kind of network and be with my people from all over if that makes sense so no that that total sense and this like as jake said we talk about this all the time you know like Obviously, it was the only outlet, it was the only sort of channel, if you like, during the pandemic. But moving forward, it's going to, it's going to become a, a large part of what we do. But, you know, I think that the important thing is the distinguishing that it's not going to be the only thing that we do, right? You know, it's, we are going to come back to in-person and presential because there's nothing that takes away from that, right? And that's something yeah. that I, I definitely learned over the pandemic was that, yeah, like, even though you're on the screen or whatever and everyone, you can see everyone's faces, still not the same thing, right? So... Uh, but you can't no. even taste the whiskey or the cocktail they're making. The you know the yeah. guests in the class like oh yeah like maybe you do a little bit of it different this way add a little more spice the cayenne in. pepper yeah. <laughs> yeah less cayenne next time <laughs> yeah right um, yo know, I see that the virtual stuff is probably gonna I'm not gonna say halt but like definitely go down now that we're excited to be in person but Slowing I'm hoping down, that yeah. it will start picking back up yeah so again like you can take one class but like your 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 classmates or whatever are like from all over so it's really cool to mingle with that. But I think we're just excited to be out in person, hug, handshakes, fist bumps. And so people are like, I'm going to avoid Zoom for like a few months right, you right. Know, and do this stuff in person. I thought it was slowing down. Then now I have like nine Zoom tastings in the next month. Yeah. And that's another thing that's cool about virtually. It's just like I I can do more yeah. um, because I don't have to worry about traveling. I don't have to like take my stuff and like, oh, what brand am I working with? I'll, like, Just bring that stuff. And I got to go home and like, get the other stuff. Now I can just be like, you know, I, there was one day I had 15 classes and one day and I was just like, Holy shit. This is crazy. I wish wow. I had a bar back uh, at my home and then like reset. <laughs> and it was, it was a really fun challenge. I'm like, I have, uh, I have all these bottles in my window. So like, you know, back in like college or whatnot. And I'm like, all right, what session is this? And I'm like taking my bottles down, replacing them with something else. And then it, I'm saving money because it's like, if I had a client who was like, uh, like a consumer, like, oh, we want to do like a Tito's like class. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't have Tito's, but I have a Tito's. Got water. I was like, I have a Tito's bottle. <laughs> you know, I put water in there. Like they don't know. They're not tasting right. my yeah, stuff. Yeah, uh, so, but you can't do that in person, you know. No, so, no, of course, Probably so everything not. is pros and cons. It's well, all balanced. But. I was doing, I was doing tea. So it got yes. to the stage that, yeah. like, there were some days that I, there was a couple of days in December that I had like four or five tastings, you know, back to back to back, an hour long each one, and I was thinking like, I can't, I'm not going to be able to drink whiskey like even in three of these, right? So mm-hmm. I was just like brewing a, like a pot of tea and like iced tea and then pouring it in the glass and it looks exactly the same and obviously in real life someone's like oh what are you drinking then they're like wait that that doesn't smell like whiskey and you're like oh god damn it i've been busted but on (laughs) zoom like no one and you know you're i'm getting this taste of tea but i'm like "Mm, caramel you know spice and everyone's Mm -hmm. like yeah Mm -hmm. great Mm -hmm. man good job ironically though i think the whiskey events were days i drink the least in the industry like when i'm at a huge event i might have like one glass but you're talking so much like, i just want water or maybe like a beer to be honest with you yeah because just to keep yourself a little bit more not from getting dried out pretty much but and 
you obviously don't want to get drunk if you're working at an event for like five hours and you're the face of the company that day. Yeah, it's just delicious. I just want to, you know, not drink a lot, but I want to savor it. So it's the quality, not the quantity. I want to yeah. enjoy the flavors I'm getting, not chase it with another one of it, you know. <laughs> Definitely. So when you came to Chicago, first off, was there an um, – do you think the clientele was different with the customers? Was it a whole different experience of making cocktails for a bigger city? It was more the nightlife. Uh, so mm. in Ohio, we have two AM bars, but I feel like I'm a night owl. So this is, it stuck to me that nobody was out after midnight, you know, yeah. uh, it was like a ghost town. And uh, so the big shocker was when I moved here, it's like, you have the two AM bars, you have the four AM bars and the whole Saturday thing with the extra hour. And yep. I was like, what? I mean, I'm not necessarily like out that late all the time, but it's nice to like have a place that I can go to after I'm done with my shift, you know, and like go out and hang out with friends and vent and like, like there's Clark Street around the corner. It's like the industry bar Saturday night. So it's like all your bartenders in the area. We could just like, you know, shoot the shit and have a good time. Uh, we can do that in like uh, Ohio, um, at least when I was there, unless there's some cool club that I didn't know about. I wasn't yeah. part of, um, <laughs> but no, I, I really enjoyed the scene. There's a lot to do out here, um, and there's a lot of cool outlets. I mean, you have your music, you have your your nature, I guess, with the beach. Um, uh, we do. Art, we have the beach. Art, food, cocktails. So there's a lot going on, and it's uh, for me, it's a cool thing to like a big networking opportunity. So like, I'll, yeah. I see that they do like uh, some programs where it's like the zoo after dark or whatever. And I'm I'm hitting them up and like, hey, you should have like a little cocktail program yep. during this time and like you know let me in it so i like to create my own opportunities and open my own doors and there's a lot of opportunities like that in chicago so i'm really thankful for that uh but i do like it but my ohio pride is um i i'm impressed with what we're doing but i'm not too impressed because i'm always comparing it to like my home uh-huh. you know born and raised there and i'm like given the chance columbus could definitely definitely columbus uh could stand up against what's going on in chicago oh know? nice I was yeah. like, there's nothing that I feel like we're doing here that they can't do, if that makes sense. That's cool. The chip that every Midwesterner has on their shoulder. Because <laughs> I feel the same way about Des Moines, where I'm from. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a cool place. And if there's like a person from Iowa that makes it in any fashion of life, like, yeah, my cousin had a drink with that guy one time in college after his first semester or something like that. You just hold on so much pride for where you're from yeah. in the Midwest. I feel like it's a different, well, maybe the South too, but um, versus the bigger cities where people are more transplants. And maybe it's not the place they grew up, but they grew up in some part of their life. Um, I think we're always growing, yeah, but it's not necessarily your hometown. Um, so one thing I, I will say is I don't underestimate the, the controlled states. Yeah. We can do a little with a lot. Um, so that's one thing I, I've seen with some cocktail programs here in Chicago is that they have everything everything, and then they want to put everything in their cocktails right. and it's all like muddied. And it's like, we do if you're batching cocktails, it's like six liters of this and eight liters of that. And then we're going to put in 15 grams of this. And I'm like, all right, the 15 grams of that, is that really standing out in your cocktail or is <laughs> it just looking cool on your menu saying yeah. you have that in there? Yeah. And I've seen that happen yep. a lot in the oh, city. Yeah. And like, I, I think, you know, we can do three touch cocktails in Ohio and they'll be delicious and you'll pay yeah. $15. For I agree a hundred percent with that. That's such a point in life to take away too, is to be minimal in your work and ha- make it exact and perfect. Don't make it, you know, a show essentially. And there was, I think there was a problem in the Chicago bar scene 
not necessarily now, but a few years ago where you were paying so much for these cocktails. It took so long to get. And next thing you know, you're sitting at the bar waiting for 12 minutes for a cocktail that's being made right in front of you (laughs) or two cocktails. Let's say if you're on a date or something like that. And it was just, it was the expectations that people had to put on like almost, almost a theater performance when making these cocktails to compete with the rest of the growing industry, the growing cocktail scene, bar scene over the last 15 years in Chicago. But it, I would think it was a detriment in a way because people got a little too pretentious about what they were doing. You know, you go into a bar and it's empty. And they're like, do you have a reservation? Like, no, it's, there's no one here. It's 4.15 in the afternoon. You just open. And you're like, well, you can't get in without a reservation. But like, you're like, well, I'm not coming back ever again now because yeah. that customer service was handled so poorly in front of you. And then you had to wait for cocktails too. So I, I love that approach about finding what's around you and making something really great and not just putting on a show essentially. Yeah, I think that's uh, the joke that we make in the industry about the bartender versus the mixologist. Uh, yeah, like, of course. I'll answer to both, but like, if you ask me what I do or who I am, I'm, I'm a bartender. Extraordinaire. You know? Yeah. Bartender extraordinaire. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll take the adjectives, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm here for the people. Honestly, like... When people are like, oh, what's your favorite drink or whatever? I'm yeah. like, well, what do you like to drink? You know, let me, I'm catering to you. My palate's not the same as your palate. And like, you know, I, I love making cocktails. I like making people happy. Uh, I will never be offended if I make you a cocktail and you're like, no, this huh? isn't for me. Like, even when I'm like, um, like I check back on you. I'm like, how's your drink? And I'm like, oh, it's, uh, it's, it's good. I'm like, no, that's, that's not good to me. Like it needs to be great. It needs yeah, to be yeah. fantastic. Something to talk about. So I'm be like, be honest with me. What, all right, if it's good, what can make it great? You know, do mm-hmm. I need to take this out? Add something to it. You know, like I said, no palate is the same. So like, I, I'm never like, oh, that's my heart and my soul. That's my babe. If you don't like it, get out, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, you don't like the drink. I'll take it. Let's make something that you're enjoying, especially with these prices. I'm like, sounds like we need to come down for some dealer's choice. I'm like, 100%. (laughs) I'm here. I'm here all the time. I'll be here for that. Um, Did you, you said you had an interest in beer back uh, when you were in Ohio and it's a great beer scene in Columbus. I was wondering if you kind of grew along with that too. Oh yeah. There are so many breweries popping up here and there. It's crazy. uh, I went back to, uh, so I moved here about four years ago and um, it took me about three and a half years to go back for the first time just because of my schedule yeah yeah and it was so surreal because it was like the same but different yeah and uh it's definitely growing and i always joke and say that uh columbus is like that x i got better when you broke up uh, <laughs> and i'm like if worst. you if you were this when i was with you i wouldn't <laughs> yeah. have left i wouldn't have left you know? uh, but now I, I can't go back that's <laughs> exactly the same way i feel about des moines people are like they go visit Des Moines for one time, or I don't think they're visiting, but there for work or something like that, or driving through. They're like, that's the most hipster town I've ever been to in my life. I'm like, yeah, everyone has a giant chip on their shoulder about being really cool because they are just uh, have an inferior or superiority complex to Chicago and Minneapolis yeah. and the surrounding cities. But I think the exact same way. You're like, gosh, you look real good now, Des Moines sometimes, <laughs> except for the winters. But yeah. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, Although the winters aren't much better here. I presume Columbus is a little bit, it's not as cold as here. No, you're out on the lake. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> they say it's a lake effect, but for me, cold is cold. Like cold, if yeah. it's like 20 degrees, I'm not outside at all. So you have to put 20 a degrees, on. Yeah. negative 20 degrees, it is the same. To yeah, me. fair play, fair yeah. play. So. I will take this summer weather all day. I don't this care. Is, this this weather is. I can't believe this weather, man. The last couple of days. It's such it, an ideal weather for the shitty city to open up this weekend. For too. the shitty, the shitty, <laughs> the shitty city. <laughs> this goddamn shitty, shitty city. <laughs> um. But I've been so surprised uh, last last year in June. I don't remember it being quite this hot and obviously weren't out and about as much, nearly as much. And then I left for July. Um, but it just like, 
the last few days has just been so so nice like blazing hot weather and my uber driver today i was chatting to him and he was basically saying he was like man like if i wasn't driving uber i wouldn't have the aircon on i try and soak up all this heat so that by the time like november comes around i'm ready for the cold you know like resting in my skin yeah so i'm like i got heat inside my body you know i can be drenched in sweat i never never will complain about how hot i am so never i agree so much is there any certain spirit you find you're working with more today than any other uh that's a good question i'm actually studying more with mezcal because i think that's uh there's a lot that i don't know in every category but there's a, a lot more that i don't know with that um I've never really had a chance to work with it outside of like your, your big commercial brands. And so, um, it's, there's a lot going on. I went to Mexico a couple of times and kind of got a taste for it here and there and mm. tried the, the different variations of like, uh, the flavor profile. Like, you know, in my mind, they all taste like this mm-hmm. and then trying this and this, and it's like, it's definitely the terroir like sticks out. It definitely for me. And to know that one can taste like raspberries, obviously there's no raspberries in it. And then one can taste like blue cheese and olives and like chicken brine and funk. Yep. Like yeah. it's, it's, yeah, the pachuga so and all cool. that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah, super cool. It's so cool to me. So uh, I like to go, uh, I think uh, every month or two, I kind of like change what my, my focus is. And, but right now it's on Mezcal. Definitely. Yeah. I, I have the last two, well, that's the last two bars, but the last two weeks I've tried to order interesting mezcal cocktails as well. I had a mezcal old fashioned last night at Franklin room, which was delicious. And then I had a mezcal sour in New York that, um, I think it was there. The, the steps of it maybe it was made a little too fast, but, um, I like trying new things. We, we talk about whiskey all the time. We both work in whiskey and our conversations are completely, I would say saturated by whiskey when it comes to anything in the, with yeah, alcohol. We, we do it when we're not working as well. Like right. we drink whiskey when we're not working. We chat right. about it when we're not yeah. working. And it, then we do this as well. Like, there's you know, that so. whole world of discovery of tastes and flavors as you were speaking about that exists in whiskey, but exists in so many other categories and rum as we were speaking about earlier too, having different aged rums and trying them side by side there is an opening to the world, not just relying on your Sailor Jerry's and your Captain Morgan's or the Bacardi's you've had when you were 21 years old and you drank a whole bottle of them one night and, you know, ended up on the, the porcelain pony for an evening. <laughs> <laughs> and I, riding the porcelain pony, I've never heard that, I love it. Um, I One of the things as well that I love about Mezcal um, is this sort of the, even though, even though you know, Mezcal's an international drink now, but it still has that kind of discovery feel to it, right? Like the craft discovery idea that it's from this tiny little pueblo and, you know, somewhere in the in the deep, dark regions of Mexico, you know, it, 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 that's a beautiful romantic side of it, right? So obviously at Pernod, we, we run with uh, Del McGay and there's so many brilliant mezcals that they do, but I'm the same way. Like it's definitely been something that in the last kind of two, three years that I've really started to learn about and, and fall in love with, you know, cause it's, it's so versatile. And I think a lot of people, it's very similar to um, scotch. A lot of people, the first mezcal they have, it's super smoky. It's got that, that almost that briny flavor that you were mentioning, the saltiest saltiness to it. But then once you start to look outside of that, there's just so much going on. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a romantic story and it's almost like a, like I feel like a hipster because like I love it. It's great. I liked it before it was cool. But I don't want too many people to love yeah, it. Like yeah, it's totally not something that should be made commercially. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, like even learning more about it, I forgot the name of the documentary, but I, I watched one and it really made me concerned about the future of Mescal because 
you have these, um, you know, the farmers who are like selling this stuff to raise money, but they're sending their kids or it's a family tradition, but like we're in the generation where like kids don't want to do that. They want to yep. like go out and see the world and do other things. And so there's less people there making the mezcal. <laughs> And like with it being in high demand, like, you know, these agave plants take like at least eight to 12 years to even be usable, you know, most times even longer. And it's like that demand's not there or the demand's there, but that supply's not. There's one like the pina or something that's 18 years, right? And And it only, it only it's like a really rare plant as well. So if you get that mezcal, you're like, why is this bottle 180 yeah. bucks? And then you start reading about it and you're like, holy shit, that's why. <laughs> so you're you like, know? stop drinking it. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. right. for me. <laughs> you know. That's how I feel about whiskey too. But yeah. it's, yeah, you're right. It should be, should be a drink that people are educated on and know what they're drinking. I mean, yeah, it, I mean, it kind of hurts the heart a little bit when you see some of these uh, premiums uh, just getting shot, you know, and yeah. not sipped on and getting the nuances of these flavors. So just like, oh, another one, another one. You're like, oh. But again, though, you know, it's yours. You drink it how you like. Dealer's it. choice. Yeah, and and the other thing as well is like, we've seen that for so long in whiskey. You know, like someone banging back like a people. Hey, let me get that eighteen year. <laughs> yeah, I mean? like I was right. in I was in Sportsman's the other day, and I was chatting to DJ, and he was saying um, that recently they'd had a, a bachelor party to come in, and the first night they'd all come in, and they you know been trying all the whiskeys and blah blah blah. The two of them came in the, the groom and, and his best man came in the following night and they were just like shooting pappy and dj was like well i i, I couldn't say anything to you yeah. you know like they, the tailor and everything they were just banging those bag and it's like well yeah. I, what am i supposed to say these guys are See. paying for it it's their thing but it, it's still i know what you mean it's still like you watch it and you're like oh it's almost like you get a little stab there it's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, God. but see i think that's a big line that makes a difference between the bartender and the mixologist yeah you 100%, know? right 100%. I, I had some guy who wanted uh, louis the 13th and apple pucker <laughs> and excuse me <laughs> i was like perfect fine it's yours yeah i was like as long as you're like you know what you're doing I'm like, <laughs> i don't say it in a condescending way i'm just like oh yeah you're gonna take this fine blah, blah, blah. we're gonna mix it with the apple pucker for you and you know i'm like oh have you had this before i've never had that combination yeah. before and I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, cool, whatever. Then you know, you're not gonna be shocked when I give you the, the you know, the. He's like, this credit card is only used for this. Yeah, drink. right. <laughs> you, you know, they're like, no. I'm like, oh, well, let me maybe, talk to you. Yeah, maybe. Have try you tried it? it? Wait, said Lily, have you tried? You know, this. Yeah. On this this shelf right here right, on right. the bottom, <laughs> down on the floor here. I always yeah. wonder are those kind of people that do that. Um, what the rest of their day is like and the rest of their life. How, what they, uh, I don't want to say disrespect. But to take a take a take for granted of or take advantage of in life, yeah. um, because I would say in that situation, I'm guessing that groom's parent is paying for that entire night, and they don't care about the cost of it at all. Yeah, like I was at a wedding two weeks ago in Arizona, and the groom the uh, groom's father was very graciously enough to pay for a bar bill for about fifty people the entire night, and he's like, literally drink whatever you have in the back bar and. One scumbag recognized a bottle of Blanton's back there and rolled out like ten shots of it right away. And it's not the most expensive whiskey in the world, but it is a harder yeah, whiskey yeah. Hard to find. To, hard to find. And yeah. it's also about, you know, this is a guy's dad who's doing a favor for his son and for his friends, and not necessarily to take advantage of the situation. Yeah, mate, stick to the high lifes and the granddad. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which the granddad was sitting right there too. <laughs> I mean, I don't yeah. know. I work in commission, so I'm like, you can do it. Oh, it's yeah. Fine. It's fine. Cool. You work in commission? Yeah. yeah. I mean, behind the bar. Right, that's right. What, that's oh, that's yeah, what it tips, means to me. Well, yeah. tips, I suppose. No, yeah. exactly. And I, and I did indulge on the on the Blanton's since, since it was already open, but I gave her a, a $20 tip just for, you know, 
Thanks for the nice pour. Appreciate that. I'm just such a nice guy. <laughs> With all this speak of travel and international spirits, do you want to take your education where you're physically traveling all across the world? Yes. I, I miss that. So um, there's a lot of things I haven't done in Chicago, even though I'm coming up on my fourth year. And the reason why is because I moved here and I started traveling like crazy. And there's oh, yeah? a point where like I was working two weeks and traveling two weeks. Like, hitting well, over here's here. brilliant for that as well. Right. right? Like, and Midway even, you know, now. So yeah. it's such a great hub to go around the States or even, even the world. Yeah, you know? I got the passport. I'm like, I, I will use it any opportunity I can. Um, yeah, I just love traveling. Again, like travel, meet people, be social, be creative. I'm happy. And do you combine do you combine traveling with spirits? Like, do you, everywhere you go, do you like you know if you go to Cuba, for example, you like oh I really want to go to the Havana Bar or whatever. Yeah. It is, like. So one thing I do want to change. I'm excited to start traveling again, but I want to travel for leisure. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of stuff that I do is it's it's already itinerized with uh, you know brand events or whatnot. And so, like, I'm not able to see what I want to see, or at least outside of the, the drinking culture. Yeah. Uh, so, I haven't actually had one of my vacations. So, like, it's that social media thing where, like, you're posting, like, I'm here, I'm doing this. And it's, like, all the fun stuff. But it's, like, really, I'm working, too. Like, yeah. I'm working behind the scenes at Tales or, like, San Antonio yeah. Cocktail Week yeah. or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, I want to go out and just, like, I'm going to go on a vacation and just, like, do what I want to do when I want to do it. If I want to, like, stay in a hotel room that day. I won't because I want to see the world. But anyway, I, it's I want to be I on my call. Exactly. Hey, if it's a nice hotel room with a good view. Yeah. Oh my god, I forgot. I went to like Kentucky to like Churchill Downs, and I stayed in like this one fantastic like hotel. Even when I went to uh, Miami, we stayed at the Fountain Blue, something like that. Anyway, not a Miami guy. Amazing hotel. I was in there for like twenty minutes a day, like to take a shower. Like yeah. we didn't even sleep there. We were like so busy, and I was like. So it I always, cried a it's always bit. the same way, yeah. man. The days that you got the shit hotel, there's like the, <laughs> the itinerary's half the size of the days when you've got that wicked one with the yeah, we were like balling out and I'm like, oh, can I just oh. mm-hmm. Well, recently, um one of the first times ever I've ever stayed in a swanky hotel on my own accord was we good friends with Bobby uh, Gonzalez at the Grey. Um, massive Kimpton network, right? Yeah. Uh, and so we went up to Milwaukee with a couple of friends of mine. And we stayed at the journeyman there. And that's one of the first times ever that I've ever like not working. And I've been like, oh, do you know what? I'm going to spend a little bit extra and stay at a really, really nice hotel. You know, making money now. It's like, it's, Ooh, are I, you? I don't, <laughs> big daddy. Big daddy. I don't need to, don't need to be staying in a hostel or whatever. You know, I can spend a hundred bucks on yeah. night in a hotel or whatever. Right. And then obviously spoke to Bobby. We got a great rate. And I felt the same way about that. Like when we got into the hotel, first of all, the Memphis Grizzlies were in town that night. Um, So there was like, you know, NBA people everywhere. I was like, oh, this is really kind of swanky. The restaurant down the stairs, Italian spot, incredible. And then they have this rooftop bar that looks out over the whole of Milwaukee. And I was like, you know what? Like we don't really need to leave. But then we had to obviously eventually you've got to go and see the Irish bars and the little different, what's that? What's the street called? There's a lot of streets there. Brady Street, is it? Brady Street, yeah. Brady Street, where all the you know all the college bars and stuff are. But uh, yeah, man, it, it, wherever you go, whether you're working or not, I think you need to take a day or you need to take some time and, right. and yeah. really absorb some of the other parts of the culture, right? Yeah, I think I've missed out on vacations. Photography has been a job, a passion, a skill I've always had. But there's trips I lived behind my camera, and I don't feel like I actually experienced everything in front of me. Yeah, and it was more like oh, my lens. It was a fun trip to, together, you and I. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like this last trip to New York, I didn't even. I had my f- camera with me and multiple lenses, 
didn't take it out one time, didn't take one picture. And there's like five pictures in my iPhone, mostly of just like cocktails I had in bars. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you yeah. sipping, sipping that cocktail, talking to the bartender, experienced it with my wife. I feel like it was much more of a relaxed and enjoy, enjoyable look, uh, vacation than it was going around trying to get the perfect image. Yeah. If anything, on these trips, uh, I like to at least stay an extra day if it's, yep. you know, it's good. Good if I'm able to. But it's hard because I'm not doing like weeks at a time. So. And it's funny as well, you you, you mentioned, you were like, oh, I was two weeks uh, working, two weeks on vacation, and then you mentioned about, you know, vacations, taking the selfies and stuff. I think, you know, people that are in the, whether you're a bartender, obviously you're doing a lot of teaching as well, Jake, you're a photographer, as well as, you know, whiskey guy, podcast extraordinaire. Selfie. <laughs> and, uh, um, but it's good sometimes to just, let go of all that right like to leave the, the yeah. camera in the hotel room yeah and you do get a different look at it right and i actually have been finding that recently with um chicago when i first moved here uh we had a much much bigger budget for like because we had to be out and about in the bars all the time yeah whereas now especially coming into the summer i've been taking divvy bikes everywhere like and obviously you can't be on your i mean well there are some cyclists in chicago that oh are there the are uh, i won't i won't go down that road too far but um I obviously, like, I'm a bit of a scaredy cat, so I put my phone away in my bag and just, like, cycling along. And it's totally different than when you're in a lift and you're on your phone or you're, like, you're, you know, you're yeah. emailing someone or whatever. Cycling around Chicago, I haven't realized how pretty the city is. Like, not even just the downtown part and the River North part, but, like, even, like, Lakeview and uh, the West Loop. And it's such a pretty place, right? And yeah. I feel like that's something that I've definitely learned, uh, like, from that aspect of things like put my phone away and try my best to like absorb what's going on even in bar situations right like just put my phone away people watch for 20 minutes and get something else out of it you know yeah i should probably do that i have my head down on my phone when i'm in my like ubers or lyfts or on the yep. train and whatnot and uh i get a lot of people coming into chicago for the first time I'm like hey where should we go we heard this place is good like do you know where blah blah is and i'm like i don't and sometimes i lie and tell people like i'm not from here or like i just <laughs> moved here or i don't live here yeah Cause I get embarrassed and they're like, Hey, uh, we're going to go to, uh, uh, the broken shaker. Do you know where that is? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and they like Google it or right in front of me. They're like, it's next door next at door. the free hand. I'm like, Oh, I just always come this way and I go home and I never go that way. <laughs> so I didn't great. know I it was right that. there. Yeah. I'm sorry. I feel like that too, as a brand rep, even like all of some people ask me where a bar or restaurant is like, Oh, I never heard of it. They're like, really? I'm like, I can't know all 5,000 bars and restaurants in Chicago. I mean, we're trying our best. We're trying real hard. <laughs> real hard. Get that, uh, time. Maybe that McDonald's money coming in, spending it like crazy, sponsoring the podcast, you know. That's it, the high life money. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, high life. When are you sponsoring us? That That is the big thing. That's if you the have goal. any hookups for high life, uh, Nigel, vanity cocktails over here. Yeah, that's right. We, um, champagne and beers. We love it. Oh. Yeah. Oh. We actually have those at the Berkshire, so. Oh, come and have one then. Lazy. In fact, that at the end of my shift, a high life is something I go for. Oh, that's the most relaxing beer to have. Yes. Hilarious because two nights ago. Um, that's so funny. I, we, after the event that we did, uh, I was in Sportsman's and there was a, a, one of the ladies that had been at the event that night, Kendra. Um, she came out with a high life that was tinged a little bit red. And I was like, mm. what is that you've got oh, there? And she was yes. like, oh, this is this cocktail that I um, read about in Bon Appetit. And I was like, it's not called a spaghetti by chance, is it? And she was like, it is. Mm. And so she was, teaching, she was teaching that to the guys at Sportsman. So I think from now on, we're going to be able to get ourselves a, a cheeky spaghetti now. Oh, 
You ever had a spaghetti? I did. I oh. Spaghetti about it. <laughs> spaghetti about it. Spaghetti about it. I love that. That's our, That's going to be the title of my biography. Also not bad in a uh, 312 Shandy. Oh, oh yeah. yes. They're yeah. dirty good. Yeah, throw a little spaghetti action oh, in there. They're fantastic. Oh, one embarrassing thing is... um. I went to the Riverwalk for the first time, and I've been working in River North for three plus years. This guy. <laughs> so I, I, this is what I do now. Um, we get people from all over again who want to see the city. Yeah. Uh, if I get invited to brunch, I usually say no because it's always a 9 a.m. brunch, and I'm like, I'm not getting out, I'm not going to bed until like 5 a.m. And I'm right. like, nah. Uh, but now I'm going to force myself to just like get out and see the world through a tourist eyes. Like I find I do the most in Chicago when I have friends who come to Chicago. Yep. Yeah. You'd be the tourist with them yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. But lately I, I've had some bar guests who seem cool enough. I'm not saying I'm going to say yes to everybody, but they're like, Hey, we got an extra ticket to go uh, do this. Uh, it was a mimosa tasting at the river walk. And I was like, a mimosa uh, tasting. Yeah. Oh dear. And I was like, oh, I, what? I was like, what time? I, you know, I was like, get the fillers out, and they're like, twist my arm. They're like ten o'clock, and I was like, that's doable. And they're like, oh no, it's eleven o'clock. I was like, cool, Perfect. I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. So oh, that's yeah, awesome. like like so like see the city through a tourist eyes. Uh, it's been doing wonders right now, so I'm, I'm happy. That's awesome. Well, Nigel, teacher, actor, bartender extraordinaire, fist bump. Yes. Entrepreneur, it sounds like as well. World traveler on the horizon. Uh, appreciate you joining us. Hey, it's been an awesome time. Bro. Yeah, it's been a Man, fast thank hour. Thank you so much. And I think for anyone that was listening, um, you know, please check out vanitycocktails.com. Yes. yes um, do you have an Instagram you want to plug? Uh, yeah, Nigel of All Trade. I spell my name N I G A L, not E L, but it's uh, like the Jack of All Trade, but it's Nigel of All Trade. So Nigel Singular. of All Trade. So people Great. can follow your exploits there. They can catch up with you on vanitycocktails.com. And man, yeah, thank you so, so much. Hopefully, a couple of people pop in from yeah. uh, from the city to come and see you. Yeah, get a bit of in here. I think we'll probably be the at, first ones at, at the Ask door. Nigel to hang out too after his shift. Yeah. He'll say yes, wherever you want to go in the city. Let's get, do it. Get a dealer's choice and it's your dealer's choice to show them around, baby. That's it, let's go.